Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Equity Roundtable by Equity Education Associates, a place where we engage in critical conversations about creating equity in education. It's time to disrupt the status quo. Join our conversations with equity thought leaders around systemic inequities in education and get ready to act. I am Ramona Brown, your host. We have with us Mr. Richard Dawkins with the Call Me Mr. program at Greenville Tech. Mr. Dawkins has served as a Mr. Coordinator since 2006. Today, we will be discussing some of the unique challenges faced by Call Me Mr. students and the solutions they find through the program. Yes. All right. If you're looking for a way to fight against inequities in education, disrupt the status quo, and advocate for yourself and your students, then you are in the right place at the right time. Mr. Dawkins, welcome to Equity, the Equity Roundtable. Thank you, and thank you for the invitation. I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, and it's something that probably I, I've probably been looking for for a long time. You know, just mm-hmm. to tell the story. Um, tell me more about um, how you came to the came to the work with the Call Me Mister program. You know, I, I really believe that it, it's been with me all my life. It's just at this particular time, God saw fit that, hey, you, you're going to go into this arena. I find myself doing more mentoring than actually, you know, engaging in the process, but knowing that I have to keep my call me mis- uh, in route to what, what the call Mr. program is all about. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of mentoring piece. I, that's the, the big, biggest piece. And, and this is at one time I was doing just all African-American males and getting into that process. I've started a new thing this year. It's inclusive of all males here on our campus to do that because I've learned a lot about that, that whole particular thing. Our males are just struggling overall, you know, mm-hmm. um, within our culture. So I, uh, That's one thing I look forward to is just sitting down, learning about them and where they are. And I think that's what has really helped me greatly as I deal with them one-on-one personally. Okay. Okay. Um, You know, even though it's um, not necessarily what the program calls for, it is what you had to offer and it happened to be what they need. So um, it's called right place, right time. Right time. That is so true. Um, So as you've engaged with the misters this fall, what are some of the concerns that they have about um, entering the classroom in the midst of a pandemic? You know, right now they're faced with a lot of different things. And and you got to understand the group that I'm dealing with right now, this is all new. Mm -hmm. The majority of them are fresh out of high school. College is a, a bit overwhelming for them at the beginning. And you add on that with the pandemic it then adds another layer to the process. And so what I've been doing is letting them see where they are and where they need to be and where they're going. If I can show them that, you know, they can begin to really process the importance of sticking it out. And and the majority of them having problems with online. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They talk about that all the time. And, you know, they can't wait until this pandemic is over with until we get back to reality. And I think that's all of our conversation, you know, every day. But that's, 
I, I really began with them, sitting them down and letting them understand where they've come from and, and where they are now in that process. And really understanding that, the, that their dreams, the things that they've thought about they want to be uh, can come true, but they have to apply themselves right here and now. So with that in mind, you know, they see all the, this whirlwind that they're in, but I, on my one-on-ones with them every week, I have to show them, okay, you know, it, it's going to be all over after a while. Right now, while you're down in this valley, you need to get and receive everything you need while you're down here, because when we come out of this, things are going to be moving pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what they've needed most is a grounding of sorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that that's one of the things I begin with them. They have to tell me a little bit about their self, the, themselves and the story they have. I, I remind them that we all have stories, mm -hmm. and they have to tell me their upbringing, their family history, where they are, what they're thinking. And you know, I ask them key questions on some of the things that are going in the news right now, how they're feeling about these things, and and how do they process these things or whatever, because it's only going to help them and where they're going. Mm -hmm. And I, I keep reflecting on that. That's one reason I have this mural in my office of all those past uh, African-Americans that have contributed to the United States as a whole. And mm -hmm. then I ask them, uh, do they know anything? Who do they know on this particular mural? And tell me about some of those people. And you know, that they pick out the Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, the Malcolm X. And, and I tell them, uh, you know, there's an interesting uh, dichotomy between the two of them. I said, uh, they both were, were assassinated at 39 years old. Mm -hmm. And I said, so that means that from one to 39, they were moving really fast in their lives. I mean, for, for that time period, but yeah. they were very smart, intelligent men. And they knew from the very beginning, uh, uh, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to get involved in. And if I can show them that, you know, show them that little period of time, then they can begin to believe in themselves and understand whatever they're thinking, whatever they're dreaming about, whatever they see in themselves, mm -hmm. it can come true by applying themselves, you know. I love that. You, you um, definitely exhibit the hallmark of a great educator. You just taught me something I didn't know. Um, I didn't realize that both Dr. King and Malcolm X died at, at the age of 39. 39. Um, but what a beautiful illustration about the possibility of a life yes. and um, helping the misters to understand that it's not just about the here and now, um, but encouraging them to uh, go after their dreams, despite yes. uh, what it might look like now. And, you know, I only say that because that I tell them. All of my dreams have come true. I always wanted to be an educator. I, I really wanted to teach, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, God saw fit it was something else. But I'm in this road. I'm in this road of teaching mm -hmm. by mentoring these young men. And that's where I find myself. So I tell them all the things that I've dreamed that I wanted to do have come true. I said, all you have to do is apply yourself, mm -hmm. making yourself available taking on tasks, those things that you, you're not comfortable with, go ahead and try them anyway, you know, like that. Yeah. You'll never know, you know, you can, you can do it. You set your mind to it, you can do it. 
Yes, yes. Wow. Um, I'm sure they, they leave uh, feeling a bit taller after talking with you. Well, I, I hope so. It, it's amazing when I, when I really look at it and look at the ones that have come through uh, my space. And I say that, that they're in my space for a reason. And, mm -hmm. and while they're in my space, I'm to give them something that they will need later on. Uh, give an example of that. A couple of weeks ago, I'm, um, uh, we have what we call important uh, uh, ideas here on campus. And my thing is one-on-one -on -one mentoring. So I'm trying to get, uh, all, we can't force anyone. We, we can say, you can come into our program or whatever, you know. So I, I was out, I had this thought of just going out over the campus and passing out my uh, information sheets. And, you know, so I saw this young man. Uh, what I saw in him was potential. So I approached him and said, I introduced myself and say, I have this program and uh, I'd like to get you involved in it, uh, mentoring leadership or whatever. And he was excited, you know, like that. He said, sure. Uh -huh. And so he took the information. So about four or five hours later, he called me on the phone, wanted to know more. And I told him, you know, and everything. And I set up a time with him. Uh -huh. Well, he didn't make the time. I, I had his phone number and everything. So I texted him the next day, you know, reminding him of that we had this time. He hadn't come through yet. So mm -hmm. I've been on this thing and I deal with students like that all the time. I have patience. I'm going to wait on you. Yes. He's, he will have a time to really come. That's why I say to my students too, if they have a set time with me and they miss that time or they come up on that time and I, oh, Mr. Dawkins, I forgot. No problem. No, no problem. I'm going to teach you time management. Yes. <laughs> it's on my calendar. You've set the time for me. Mm -hmm. So this is the process. This is what you need to do. Never. It, it, time is money. Time is precious. Mm -hmm. You know. So mm -hmm. if you're going to miss that time, if you think that you're going to miss that time, all you have to do is pick up the phone and say, Mr. Dawkins, I'm not going to make it today or I, I can make it another time or whatever. And it's beginning to get across to some of them because they've gotten into the habit now. If they can't make it at that time, they'll mm -hmm. call me up or they'll text me and say, I can't make it in today. It's a learning curve, you know? Yeah. I've been there, so you know, it's a process that they have to learn. And being, um, being young, um, time is um, a, a commodity that you don't yet understand how to manage. So yeah. that's a very important skill, no matter what they choose to do in their life. And, and that's true. And, I, and that's why I feel that we should never give up on them yeah. because just like we were, we, that, it's things that they're going to have to learn along the way, you know, in that mm -hmm. process. So mm -hmm. it's always a learning clear, but creating a, um, an opportunity for to educate them too at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. So um, you talked about bringing in some of the, the issues of this time. And we know that right in the midst of a global pandemic, we've had um, social unrest due yes. to social injustices. Um, and the candidates in the MISTER program may be more feeling the pressure more than others. So um, what are some of the ways you're addressing those issues? It's, it's having the conversation, thinking, and I had just had this conversation today with one of my students. Mm -hmm. So I asked him some of the quick questions that you had sent to me, uh, uh -huh. and I, I applied to it, and he said, oh, he said, I was at home last night, 
thinking about these same things. I said, well, share them. I mean, what are you thinking? You know, like that. So he began to address the Black Lives Movement and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I shared some things with him in regard. So, you know, he, he brought the fact that when he sees the Black Lives Movement, you know, you can see the game changers, mm-hmm. and that's what he called them. There are game changers in the group, but then there are individuals that are not there on board for said movement of the Black Life movement. Yes, I and got you. There's some things that get lost in this whole process. Mm-hmm. There are people that are burning down buildings, and they're not thinking about this is in your own community or whatever. So you yeah. see the process. That's that's just like when I go to a new job. There are movers and there are shakers. Yeah. So if you can understand the movers and the shakers, you can be able to work within the process of these things and understand where you are and how you can use the movers and mm-hmm. how you can use the shakers to get pretty much what you want or whatever through mm-hmm. that degree. So just showing that, you know, sharing that with them. And that's that's the way he took it. He, he's steady looking at the game changers. But he believed, uh, the person that I was talking to believed that they don't have, the master plan is not before all of them, mm-hmm. only a few. And they really need to understand what they want out of this mm-hmm. and where they're going with this. And I think that's, that's part of the problem out there now. That's probably the problems that they're having to getting things done because we're not quite sure what they want, you know, in yeah. that degree. Yes. So um, it sounds like in that conversation, you helped him to think about how to be reflective um, and not, you know, uh, impulsive as young people can be, people in general can be impulsive. Um, And then also um, taught him about the value of having a focus. Having Um, a focus. And this is one reason that he he then perceived, we, we then shifted over to education and where he was. And he said something to me, which was so important because I was going to get there. Yeah. I said, okay, so where you see yourself? He, he sees himself as superintendent of the state of South Carolina when it comes down to education. Yes. So I said to him, so, so okay, you, you've, you've taken the superintendent's job. Mm-hmm. What would you change, you know? And he began to tell me the things that he would do. He, he, he also said he would have a serious conversation with our governor. Mm-hmm. The governor needs to understand how important it is to have true education for all people within the state and how we can move together. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the, the negative things about the state. People see our state, uh, we don't, we're not good on education, we're not good at this. He says the only thing that we're good at is Merrill Beach. That's all we, people know. Come to South Carolina, go to Merrill Beach. And I thought that was fascinating. He's really thinking. Yeah. Really thinking of what he is. So then I, I shared a conversation with him about uh, the Constitution here in South Carolina. It has one word in it, minimally adequate. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been we, here in the state when it comes down to education. We stick on that one word. And this is, this is part of the problem here in the state of South Carolina. Yes, yes. Um, I think there's so much potential, um, but if the if the bar is minimally adequate, then you know there's not very far to go in removing yeah. that and um, encouraging um, people to dream and access that power that they have inside um, yeah. Yeah. is 
is essential. Um, so in uh, the conversation um, that we had with the focus group, you mentioned some um, phenomenal success stories. Um, and you also talked about some of the barriers that they have to focusing um, solely on education. Um, can you tell me um, what are some of the skills that you've given your um, students to help them disrupt those patterns? Well, you know, it's interesting. Every year I see a different group of students come through the process. So I have to, <laughs> sometimes I have to change my whole look of how I'm going to cover it. You got to understand the group I have in now, they were born 2000. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's a whole, no, I have to take a whole nother approach in that process because yeah. even with them, things they have not experienced in life, you know, because uh, uh, I remember a conversation, I'll probably share that with you later on in regards to discrimination and stuff like that. But yeah, their challenges they face now is probably, uh, like many are facing is financial and or uh, the majority of them, they have to work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here at Greenville Tech, um, they're mainly either part time or they're, they're managing and they, they're concentrating a lot. And I had to change a student's mindset uh, mindset with that. Uh, he had been with me since last fall or whatever, and he was working and trying to his education tried to put everything in the box you know and his time management was off and he was failing he, he's very aggressive young man but yet still not seeing that he really needs the educational piece and he needs to concentrate on that instead of concentrating on money 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 yeah so when we got down to the spring he saw that you know he was filling in some classes Mm -hmm. and that he needed to change his approach. I wanted him to see that yes. and that he needed to drop some things because he was trying to deal with some organizations here on campus uh, and still trying to work, you know, but he was still on the academic side, not doing too well. So now he, he sees that and he's changed his focus. He's gone back to uh, the people he worked for. He's had to cut his hours just the weekends, you know, and he's concentrating because he has potential. And I guess every week that I was talking to him about that, just pulling it back on so he could see that and understand that. So the challenges that I see that students are facing is, you know, they, they, you know, making that money for their family or keeping things going for the family or uh, making the process to survive every day, you know, uh, doing that. And that's the biggest problem. So uh, what I've done is I've had this conversation with my foundation here at Greenville Tech and, you know, uh, and created, uh, they went out and got a donor to help me with that process and started off this year with $10,000 that when I see them, you know, they're, they're dealing with issues that I can also come to rescue for them in regards to helping them out financially to get through uh, the semester. Awesome, awesome. Um, so um, the last question that I, I wanna ask, well, before I go to the last question, I couldn't help but um, think about how your approach to the Call Me Mister program really is reflective of a culturally responsive educator. 
Um, you talked about how they first come in and tell you about their lives. Um, you connect them with their history through, through the mural. Um, and you really, um, you talked about how um, each year you have a different cohort and there's a different mindset and how you have to adjust your pro approach. So um, that is what's needed throughout education, um, be it uh, starting at pre-K all the way up through, um, through college. Um, and the ways that you explained it are, are very practical ways. Um, so I think sometimes we get lost in the theory and forget that it's that connecting human to human. Yeah. So thank you for that. Um, so with that in mind, uh, what do you hope that your legacy will be um, from your work with the Call Me Mister program? Wow, that, that, that is a good question. Uh, I guess what I see from my young man is that uh, Mr. Dawkins did just about everything that he could to really bring us down to earth to see reality where it is. I often talk about to them, I want them to see themselves in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I want to, to see themselves in the classroom. I want you to dream that you're standing in front of this, this fifth grade class and what are you doing, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. But um, I, for me, I just, just want to make, I mean, their dreams to come true and they will remember me along the way that I said something to them at some particular time that could help them get to the next level. And that's, that's, that's all I look forward to, you know? And, yeah. and I am appreciative because I do, they do call me. They do uh, after they leave here in the process. I have some that change their minds about education and they're doing some other things, mm -hmm. and, but they're still calling me. Mr. Dawkins told me this, or Mr. Okay. Dawkins said this to me, or, and I've had some too. They wanted uh, to introduce me to their wife or their significant other, you know, and the whole mm -hmm. thing. So I think that is really nice that uh, I said something to them to make them think or, you know, change their whole process about life in general, you know, like that. And like I said, it's, it's they're in my space. Mm -hmm. What I give them is important too while they're in my space. Yes, I, I love that. I love that. Um, it sounds like your legacy will be that you are um, the spark that helped them, um, that fueled their dreams. Oh, yes. That, that, I like that too. You can borrow it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I think that is, is, is the key to that, you know, is, is just like the dreaming part, you know, and understanding that they can do it. That, that's one reason that, you know, my intake, I asked them uh, to write down five things that are important to them, mm -hmm. five things that get in the way of them achieving those things that are important to them. And then understanding what are your greatest weaknesses? I mean, you can overcome those weaknesses once you understand what they are, uh -huh. you can begin to work on them. And that's, that's one of the things I try to help them see too as well. Because that all I'm saying and all I'm doing, this is what helped me mm -hmm. <laughs> to really understand who Richard Dawkins 
truly is, you know, like that through that process. And I, I really believe that I was put on this earth for a specific reason. And I'm trying to, every day I wake up, I'm trying to discover what that is mm -hmm. and that purpose in life, you know, and moving forward, you know. So uh, that's what I'm trying to get them to really see. You have a purpose. You need to understand what that purpose is. And, and as you meet people, you can change lives, you know, on your way to your purpose, you know, and understanding that, you know? Yes, yes, definitely. If you had to think of a resource that's essential for educators at this time, what might that be? We get a thing called uh, United College. Uh, it's a newsletter uh, directed to, um, to colleges and universities. And they had an interesting story today in it in regards to the University of Michigan at Dearborn. And they wanted to create uh, a, this, this, this community and they needed to make some changes, but they needed to really understand their student body. Yeah. But they were not intentional in their approach to do something about it. What they did, they created a cafe they created a cafe for white people and they created a cafe cafe for uh, the people of color. Well, if you want to learn, <laughs> why don't you bring both the groups together? And that's what they did because they had to apologize the way they did that. So we have to be very intentional in our approach. And this is what I've learned when it really comes down to diversity. Mm -hmm. Diversity is not a problem to be solved, but it's an asset to be developed. You have to work on it. Yes. You really have to work. You have to be intentional in your approach to make change. That's why you have to get everybody at the table before you take it out to your, your general population or your, your student body or whatever. But there has to be some comings of the minds of the administrators uh, to really understand that. So uh, to, to say to you, I, I really believe that administrators, teachers really, really understand culture. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at your classroom and, 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 and the students that are in your classroom, they come from all different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that, you know, really have to understand that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Time for a little uh, word association. I'll say the word and um, you just tell me what comes to mind. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first word is equity. 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 It, it, equity is something you have to really understand and you have to build on. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is really understanding equity. Okay. Um, success. Success begins in the mind. And uh, once you begin to really understand where you're going and what you want out of where you're going, uh, success be can, can begin there, but it begins in the mind. Okay. Um, anti-racist educator. Anti-racist educator. That means that person is an intentional in their approach. 
to bring this unity within the class. And I, I said this to one of my students, it's important for you to understand that because if you're teaching the fifth grade and you're going into that environment, you're looking at the 30 students that you have in your class, what are you going to do to really change the dynamics of that class? That's why I asked it, all of my male students, so tell me about elementary school and middle school, how many male teachers did you have? Yes. And you know, they'll say one or none or whatever. And we have to change that, that dynamics or whatever. And I'm saying, okay, this is why you chose this. And this is why I want you to go down this road. We need to begin to change the narrative. Yes. So as you begin to change that, you know, uh, and, and really begin to pour into those students uh, and really show them what it is to pour from your heart and, and, and give them and educate them. You can change the narrative altogether. Okay. Um, last phrase, actually, culturally responsive teaching. Once again, it's an opportunity to look at that class. Okay. And, and, and to really understand every person in that class. That's, just, that's the same way that, okay, I have five students. And these five students are all different within themselves. They, they're probably the same colored hue, you know, and everything, but they all operate differently. Mm -hmm. I have a talker. I have a person that's just so engaging. It's unbelievable. He can work a room. I know he can work a room. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. So I need to understand. I have one that's just quiet. He's just quiet. Mm -hmm. But I mean, all the A's and B's, he can make all the A's and B's. But then I have to show him, too, how he can engage by talking to this group. So this year, what I did with them, I broke them all up. I paired them all up. Uh, the talker, the one that work in a room, I gave him somebody that's sort of quiet and they can share, you know, the things. And that's one reason we have the cohort. That's why, that's the one reason we have uh, the calling misters as, as a unit. That's why I en enjoy going to what we call a summit every year. The summit is held every year at Clemson. Mm -hmm. It's the last week in June where we bring all 700 men into one place at one time. It is a beautiful sight yes, to really see. And it makes you feel good to be a part of this unit of, of, of men. Now, let, let me say this too. And when we talk about it, we talk about minority males. And let me just fit in, a white male is a minority male. So we're beginning to see uh, white males as a part of the Call Me Mr. program yeah. and, and, and through that degree to show that hey, we, we're trying to get more males into the classroom of any culture, any background. And I, I look, and I was telling my students today, I love to see, I, I told them it's important for him to have a white friend, a Hispanic friend, and Friends, so y'all can learn from each other in that process. I said, until I begin to understand, then I have a friend now, a, a Caucasian friend. We eat lunch once a month, and we don't bring politics into it. Mm -hmm. We don't, 
we do bring religion because he, he 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 invited me to his church i went to his church uh, yeah. same thing vice versa and that's where we met you know through that process so it's good to learn other cultures in that you can help yourselves as you begin to go to that classroom when it's time to go to that classroom. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Um, the, the passion that you have for um, working with young males um, is phenomenal. Um, I'm glad to hear that um, there are now more um, white males um, being attracted to the program because you're right, there are so few, especially in the, at the elementary level. Um, and we need representation of everybody who's yes. in the, in the um, human family um, in education. Um, well, I wanna thank you once again for taking this time um, to talk with, talk with us. Thank you for joining us for the Equity Roundtable by Equity Education Associates. We have just heard from a great man of wisdom, Mr. Richard Dawkins, a coordinator at Greenville Technical College. In the words of Mr. Dawkins, diversity is not a problem to be solved. Diversity is an asset to be developed, and we need everyone at the table. Who's at your table? Join us next time as we will interview Dr. Gloria Latson Billings.